countryside In the darkness is the light Out of the shadows of my life Welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. I'm Kat. And today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 3, Siren. No applause. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Silence. I don't know. I thought people liked this one. I have mixed Uh, feelings. It's not one of my favorites, but I do love Carrie's introduction. Well, it seems to me this one is one that gets talked about a lot because of Jewel State, who would go on to more fame, I guess you would say. With, And you know how those Firefly fans are. Oh, yeah. Very, very passionate. <laughs> so is her voice how she talks in this episode? Is that how she really talks? Uh, well, I don't like know very she, low. I don't know how she talks in her life, but she doesn't have the stilted delivery she has and the other things I've seen her in. Yeah, I've seen her in Firefly, and she's her voice is a little higher pitched. I feel like, and uh, but she's a peppier person on that show, obviously. Yeah, and do you think that's an acting decision, or was she just learning her craft at the time? I think it comes down to acting, because on So Weird, she's playing somebody who's not a real person but a mythical creature who's very serious and trapped in this terrible circumstance. Kind of like the angel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Firefly, she plays this really peppy, southern, innocent girl. Yeah, and what's interesting to me about this episode is how it treats this idea of the siren, usually this mythological monster that would tear apart men and make them crash their ships and things like that but it treats it from a sympathetic angle on this show. Yeah. Like with Callie, I didn't like her the first half of the episode, but you know, once we learned her story then yeah, I liked her at the end and Carrie also, I didn't really like his his introduction as much. I feel like he could have, he could have had, I guess a different theme episode. I would have liked that better than this one. Yeah, I agree with you about Carrie. I think, I don't know, I like this episode as an introduction for Carrie because he does seem to fit with, like, all the other characters. He meshes well with them. But I don't really like the idea of introducing a character and having them act in a way that isn't typical for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I like this episode because Carrie's in it and it's the first time we see him. But at the same time, I do agree with you guys. And that there could have been a better episode for him to have his first episode in. Yeah, that's a good point. Because this is our first introduction to this character in the flesh anyway. And throughout most of the episode, he's under the influence of this magic spell. So he's he's not himself. So that is a good point. Yeah, he's going around acting like this lovesick puppy. And normally Carrie's much more serious. So He has his goofy moments, but yeah, yeah he's a little too off in this one. And I honestly kind of wonder if they brought Carrie in on this episode just so they would have another male character in order to show the influence of the siren a little more. Yeah, it's a little bit strange that Clue doesn't seem to... Like, we have the explanation about why Jack doesn't fall under the siren spell too much, and that's because he's staying loyal to Gabe. But they don't really delve into what Clue's thinking and feeling about all of this. Well, the whole siren thing does raise a, a lot of questions. I mean, like, if... 
she has this draw over men, you know, what effect would she have on say a eunuch or a homosexual? Just questions. The, these are the questions I have while watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, well, it only works on men, right? So I don't know. It wouldn't work on a lesbian, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Again, anyway. the questions that it <laughs> are maybe outside of the uh, reach of a Disney Channel program from 1999. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, so what are our general thoughts on just Carrie as a character? We've talked about him a lot on the show already, and this is only his first actual appearance. Well, like I said, at first, I didn't like him, especially in that scene where Fee's trying to talk to him about Callie being a siren, and he's blowing her off, which is understandable, but he just acts a little too mean to her in that scene. Yes, I agree. What does he say that... Oh, I can't remember. It's something like this is love, like maybe when you grow older you'll understand. Or Yeah, and he does something with his hands, like gesturing that she needs to grow up like taller or something. It's really kind of childish. But... <laughs> Though I gotta tell you, in that very first scene, just rewatching this episode a few minutes ago, where Carrie and Jack and uh, I think it's Carrie and Clue and Fiona are walking down the street. It really draws attention to how short Fiona is compared yeah. to everybody else. <laughs> True. I really like Carrie coming from the perspective of having a different age element. Carrie's like a young adult. He's supposed to be a college student, but he's dropped out as we find out later. And I feel like it adds more of a mature, oh, what's the word for it? like vibe to the show almost where Fiona's the youngest. They're all these older kids, teenagers, young adults. And as a kid, I felt cooler for watching the show knowing that the characters were mostly older. Yeah. And apparently the actor, Eric Lively, that's Blake Lively's brother. I just read that. Huh? Did not know that mm -hmm. out of the loop there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do we think of this whole idea of the siren and how this episode treats that mythological concept? I thought it was really boring, and I hated her song. <laughs> I wish they had a better song. I'm I think sorry, you're like one of the boring. first that I know that doesn't like it. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like if this song came on the radio or something, I'd probably roll my eyes. You know, <laughs> it's like it doesn't really rhyme, and it it just like the lyrics are so abstract i don't know it's just a little too much for me the song is okay but my main issue is it's kind of weird that that is seemingly the only song she knows yeah i think that was weird too like she I goes mean, touring with just that one song i mean i guess if you have a rather literal cult following you don't need anything else but it is a little weird <laughs> now well, she has a whole cd so there must be Unless it's like on a loop, like fourteen times the same song. <laughs> it's a, it's one of those single CDs. <laughs> uh, the thing that's interesting to me about the whole Siren storyline is she's kind of the victim in this episode, and through this storyline emerges this idea of a criticism of the pop industry. Yeah, I actually find that background storyline about how the manager Evelyn is taking advantage of her and basically blackmailing her into performing as a way more interesting storyline than the whole thing about her being a siren. Well, it's an interesting idea because, as I said earlier, you know, usually sirens are kind of the monsters in these stories. In fact, in the opening uh, narration, they even mention that traditionally in the original myth, sirens had 
attributes of both birds and fish, which is something that usually gets left out in retelling. So I appreciate that. But, uh, but to turn around and make her sort of the victim in the story is an interesting reversal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I always thought it was weird that the manager, Evelyn, was is blackmailing her just because I think, like, who's going to believe that? But, you know, uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if anyone would believe it, but she said she was going to send it to the tabloids, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you end up in a tabloid somewhere and your face is all over magazines, then that could be bad. Yeah, and tabloids would definitely post it. Stuff like the Esquire, something like, oh, I don't know, man gives birth to Siamese triplets or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it'd go on a tabloid for sure. Well, well, back in 2000, the World Weekly News still existed, and they yeah. that, that's that's where that's where you would go if your siren story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, there are some interesting parallels with Molly in this episode, and I mean the most obvious of which is that the manager is was originally her manager. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that she sees herself in Callie. And that she says, like, oh, you were me, like, 16 years ago. Yeah, and that gives us a little more insight into Molly's background, too, I suppose. Obviously, now we know that she was um, kind of like a teenage, maybe rock star or pop star before she became, met Rick and they started their band. Mm -hmm. Also, fun fact, on the Molly Carey fan website... They used Molly's line saying that I was you 20 years ago as justification, as in the subtext of that would mean that 20 years ago, she would have been doing Carrie. (laughs) Jeez. This is is the first episode Carrie's in, and they are already digging stuff up for that. Yes. You got to read into the subtext. I love it. Oh, shippers (laughs) never change. (laughs) um but something that you know obviously at the time more so now but even back then disney had their like little pop princesses that they would set up and push out there and i guess this show was on around the eve of hillary duff becoming a big thing i don't know if lizzie mcguire had started yet but so well either way it does strike me as maybe slightly a bit of Biting the hand that feeds you subtext here, doing an episode that's so blatantly about the way that the music industry can use up young talent. Maybe? That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. It's totally the way Disney treats their pop stars. <laughs> oh, wow. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so what's, what's Fiona up to in this episode? Mostly being a pain. Like, this is one of the episodes where Fiona doing her investigations comes off as more annoying than interesting as she's prying into Carrie's love life. And I can kind of see his point where he rushes her off saying, like, oh, well, look around. I'm not on a boat. You don't know what you're talking about. Because Fee comes off too strongly and he doesn't really get that she's trying to help. I guess it is mildly skeezy in that sense is that that this teenage girl is snooping into the love life of, um, you know, this person who's a couple years older than she is. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the previous episode where she was getting involved with the car and clue was kind of blowing her off also. Cause it's more of a, like, this is a real 
issue. It's not one of your supernatural things. So in those two times, like, Fee is kind of portrayed as a little annoying. But I think it's, like, in, in character with her because she's just always so into her investigations. And she oh, always yeah. wants people to see it her way. And she is the little sister, so you do expect her to be a little irritating sometimes. <laughs> she becomes, like, everyone's little sister on the show. And then with all the people she meets, she becomes, like, the big sister, like, to James, and then to the girl she meets in Werewolf. It's funny. And if nothing else, Kara looks adorable with her little hair buns in the middle of the episode. Yeah. I think that's the last time we see him, guys. So long. <laughs> Rest in peace, hair buns. <laughs> <laughs> another thing about this one, we get a close another look at Fiona's website and some nice 1999-2000 era internet graphics there. <laughs> and I like the idea, you know, we see this throughout the show that when Fiona has some sort of mystery, she goes to her website or her mailing list or what have you and seeks information from, I guess, the people who follow her website. Mm-hmm. But no one was able to help her because she ended up having to do a search anyway, I think. Yeah, does anybody remember the name of that uh, internet search engine she used? Okay or something like that? I don't know. I didn't uh, see it. <laughs> these are the kind of things I expect you guys to catch. <laughs> I just know that she did a very specific search. Like she had like four search terms and then it pulled up one result. <laughs> and her email address is at earthsend.net mm -hmm. okay um, and some neat stuff with uh, Ned and Irene in this episode uh, Irene's reaction to Ned developing the slight infatuation with Jewel State's character is kind of cute the one where yeah. she's like oh and these are my boys Carrie, yeah. Clue, and Ned yeah, yeah I thought I that was cute I think it's more weird that it was affecting him, too. Like, I guess it's because he's a guy, but still. I thought it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, weird to me, too. But then, like, everyone in that club was older. And but they're all men. And then, and then that was weird, too. But. And Fee pointed out that they were the only females there. Except if you look really closely, you can see, like, one or two women in the audience, too. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I've I heard that in another review, but... um. Like, I paid attention, and I, those two girls were from the scene in the beginning. I think they're, like, the club people. Oh, okay. But yeah. there was someone in the audience that I noticed this time. He was in the first scene and in the, you know, one where they go back for her show. And he was the candy guy in the Boo episode. Really? Yes. The guy that hands out candy. I don't know why I picked up on him, but, yeah, he's sitting there... <laughs> You know, staring her down. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> well, I guess wow. if we shot in Vancouver, maybe they did use the same extras a few different times. It's a crazy pickup. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he stood out to me, but... That's interesting. I didn't catch that. Interesting. The manager, Evelyn, and Irene have, like, the same haircut. I notice that all the time, and it drives me crazy. Like, is they that look, just the official manager the haircut? <laughs> I don't know if they did that on purpose. I want to say they did. And then Irene's sister has the same haircut too, only she's brown-haired. Yes, exact same. <laughs> and I feel like they did do that on purpose to say, look, they're sisters, they have the same haircut. 
Are the supporting female parts in the show only allowed to have one style of haircut, though? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> now, so obviously we've expressed some, I don't know, misgivings about Carrie's reaction to this whole siren character. But what do we think of that potential conclusion where it seems like, oh, maybe they're going to run away together? Oh, Carrie, you're so naive. <laughs> like a 16-year-old girl. I thought the pairing was odd because with Carrie, it's like, does he really like her? I mean, we obviously know he's under the spell, but he can kind of like her too. Like at the end, he it seemed like he really did. But then also with Callie, did she really like him or was she just using him? I feel like it's pretty clear that Callie was just using him. Like she saw him like, okay, this is a nice guy. But at the same time, it seemed like she had no true feeling for him whatsoever. Well, there I is... think she liked him a little because she could have done her plan with anyone. And at the end, that scene, saying goodbye. Well, I think she chose Carrie because Carrie's the one who did manage to get close to her a little bit in the beginning. And came off as a little bit endearing with the whole, oh, I'm a man boy, you can trust me. Oh, that's not endearing <laughs> to me at all. Uh, when she's like, get out of my dressing room, he's like, well, it's okay because I'm not a man. I'd be like, yeah. get the heck away from me. Like, <laughs> respect, please. God. Uh, but anyway, sorry. Well, and that term man boy or man child has kind of a different connotation a decade later than it did yeah. back in 2000. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I think there is some ambiguity to the Sirens character because she says when she's talking to Fiona about love and how she desires genuine love, not just this obsession she can create with her magical powers. So I think there is maybe a slight ambiguity about what's going on between her and Carrie. Yeah, I wonder how her powers work. Like, she gives him the CD, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. So I, was she doing that to kind of keep him under her spell, I guess? So is it kind of like, I don't know, there's a time limit or something? Like, after you hear the song, it, it wears off eventually, the power? Do you know what I mean? I think well, it's just like, while you're listening to it. And then you know how you get a song stuck in your head? I think it would be like that. Like, as long as he's thinking about it, then the infatuation would still work. Well, that's mm -hmm. another question, because clearly he doesn't have this obsession with her in any of the future episodes. So is there a time limit on this uh, obsession? Or perhaps after she goes away at the end, she frees him from the spell he's under? And if that's the case, well, that raises a question about what happens to all the other dudes in the diner. I think that's getting like way too into it for a children's show. <laughs> like half the characters we see, we never hear from again. <laughs> but, you know, if it exists in real life, there would still be like these obsessive fanboys a decade later with websites asking about, oh, what happened to Callie Snow? How, why did she disappear? Where is she now? <laughs> Definitely. It would be this great pop culture mystery. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, overall for me, this is kind of, this isn't a bad episode, but it's definitely not a favorite or anything. Yeah, I'd say it's below average. <sighs> I'm not, well, I'm not too crazy about I think that about size it. says it all. <laughs> I'm not too crazy about the whole seductress, seducer kind of plot. So, I mean, that right there 
the episode gets a few negative points just for that. Yeah, I didn't like the intro monologue of this one. Um, but, yeah, I thought the episode was okay. I do like how we hear Rebecca again for a little bit, the song. Yeah, it was very appropriate to play it there when she leaves. And I do love when Molly goes on stage and says she'll be performing in lieu of Callie. There's this audible groan in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, though going back to that opening narration, you know, it is a little interesting to hear Fiona say something like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting to be able to have this sway over boys when up to this point we haven't really seen a whole lot of potential romantic tension from on Fiona's end. Yeah, I don't get the sense that at this point she has any interest in it. Like, she's really concerned about guys. So the idea that she'd actually want that power, it just doesn't doesn't seem like that's that's something she'd really be into. Yeah. It's a little out of character to me. Definitely. Yeah, it would be a few more episodes before that comes up at all. Um, I don't know. You know, I like the stuff with Molly and uh, the manager, Evelyn. I think that's interesting. And the siren stuff has potential. I don't know if it's handled in the best manner. Um, but overall, I would rate this as a entertaining but sort of forgettable episode. And this is not one I remember from the original airing. When I was re-watching the show for the first time, this is one that I had completely forgotten about. Yeah, I'd say this one's good if you like boring, blah, cliche romantic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, you'd like this one if you like things that aren't good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think like Zach had brought up that a lot of uh, fans remember this one and talk about it a lot mm -hmm. and like it. Are they all guys <laughs> who were under Callie's spell? <laughs> well, I remember this one too. And so like when I rewatched it and I, I realized what was happening, I was like, oh, it's the one with the siren. Happened, you know, <laughs> like yeah. By the end, of it, I was like, oh, okay. But I remember in particular the scene of her up on the balcony. I don't know why, but I think it's because, as we talked about earlier, her voice. It seemed like I don't know. It's amazing to me how she would manage to sound a lot older than she really was. I guess. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Are, are sirens actually like immortal or what? You all know. I mean, they're usually portrayed as being immortal, but a lot of those original Greek myths didn't go into that kind of stuff too much. Yeah, because I wasn't, I mean, she just sounds like she's someone who's older than she appears. So I guess that's why that scene stood out to me in particular, because she was trying to, I don't know. I don't know why she sounded a lot older in that scene, but otherwise, I don't know why I remember this episode. As well as I do. I think yeah. the most memorable part for me is at the end where Carrie's looking at her turned back with those big puppy dog eyes. Mm -hmm. And he does such a great job looking so heartbroken. Yeah. And but part not of the heartbroken reason... enough that it ever comes up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but part of the reason why that scene success me so much is that going back to the whole Molly Carrie thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> There was this amazing fan video on YouTube in like 2007 called, I think it's like uh, Last Year's Love or something. It was a Sarah McLaughlin song and it showed a potential romance between Molly and Carrie where like Ned and Irene find out and they start fighting with Carrie and Molly about it. Oh and God. it ends with that scene 
of Callie walking away with the back turn, so it looks like it's Molly because all you see is the brown hair and the jacket, and then Carrie looking so heartbroken at the end. <laughs> so I don't associate that with Callie anymore. I associate that with Molly. And like please, the first time I rewatched it, <laughs> I had to like do a double take and was like, "Oh, that wasn't Molly. It was that other girl that we never hear from again." Well, you know, I admire the uh, creativity of the fans, if nothing else. Yeah, it, it was such a brilliant video. I should see if it's still up there on YouTube. So, any other final thoughts on Siren? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Molly wears pigtails in this episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that does happen. I like the uh, scene, I mean, the line that Fee says when she's listening to Carrie's CD player, and then Carrie takes it away, and she's like, it's not an oxygen tube, Carrie. Calm down. <laughs> I yeah, do think... Yeah. And then there's a line after that when she says, did you ever read the Odyssey? And he says, yeah. Only the cliff notes, though. It's very appropriate for Carrie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, ties into his scenes later on. Carrie's such a slacker. <laughs> Though, you know, there we've mentioned how this is his first episode, and we don't really know very much about this character, so it seems like an odd introductory note. But maybe, let's give the writers some credit here. Since we know so little about Carrie, perhaps that could have potentially created some uh, tension in the last act because there's this possibility that he may actually leave. Hmm, maybe? Yeah. I don't think so, because I think they would know that Eric Von Detten was leaving at this point, so Carrie was coming in to fill in the gap. Well, I'm just saying if you were watching the show for the first time back in 2000 or whenever it aired, that might potentially be a thought in your mind, maybe? I don't know. I guess No, not. because I was seven years old, and I would not think such thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing yeah. it out there. It's a possibility, <laughs> all right? <laughs> oh, okay, so do we want to go on to the rating segment of the show, or...? I guess. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. All I right. thought it was... I mean, besides me not really liking Carrie that much and them showing him like stalking her like being in the car and following her like did they have to go that far I guess they did <laughs> yeah well when it when he's like going up to her house in the middle of the night and throwing rocks at her window you know that's one of those behaviors that movies always show is kind of cute and charming but if you actually do it in real life you'd probably get arrested mm-hmm Oh, I don't know. When I was a kid, I had a friend, and his name was Kevin. He lived on the first floor of his house, so it was really easy to throw rocks at his window. So anytime we wanted to hang out with him, instead of texting him, we just go to his house and throw rocks at his window until he answered. Except one time <laughs> he wasn't home, and then his mom got really freaked out. And then they built a fence that was really tall so he couldn't throw rocks at his window anymore. <laughs> Being able to text people when you were a kid, that's a... Uh... <laughs> Not an experience I had. <laughs> um, it was like high school kids. Not oh, like okay. when we were little. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, I, I would rate this one about a six. I gave it a seven initially, but looking back on it now, that's maybe a little high. I'd probably give it a six now. I give it a four. I'd give it a five. Uh, no rating for me. Definitely not <laughs> what if just a pass fail? <laughs> It's too black and white. <laughs> I give it. I don't know because there are some scenes that I kind of like in this one. I do like 
the scene and uh, with you know Evelyn and Molly, I think is really interesting when Molly is talking to to Callie and is like, you need to choose your the people that you are in business with because they'll become your family. <laughs> it's so awkward, but I love it. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, overall, I'd probably give this episode a fail. I guess is that my new rating scale? Yes. Thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> okay, I'll try that out. <laughs> no, I got to say, what is up with that random guy who comes in at the end of the episode and tells people to get out? That was kind of weird. <laughs> uh, and, you know, on the IMDb page, there's an actor credited as Bouncer. So I guess that's who that's supposed to be. It just it comes a little bit out of nowhere. The guy that's saying, like, oh, Callie needs to be on stage? Or, or was that what it was? I, I don't know. It was just... I literally just watched this like 15 minutes ago. You think I would remember? <laughs> um, well, anywho, so yeah, anywho. I mean, <laughs> you know, as we all we all kind of agree that not a terrible episode, but sort of middle of the road, except for Cat, who who doesn't like this one, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Sorry, we're gonna disappoint some people, guys. Let the hate <laughs> flow through you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate this, okay? I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it either. It's just bleh. Like, I don't hate it, but there's really nothing for me to love about it. All right. Well, in that case, uh, do we have any new feedback, Kathy? Yeah. Okay, so on the Facebook page, Andrea, she said this was for our Drive episode. Thank you for another awesome podcast. I like how you mentioned the subtle references that prepare the audience for the introduction of Carrie, who, as demonstrated in the next episode, Siren, is just as silly as his brother, Clue. One of my favorite scenes from that episode is when Carrie enters Callie's dressing room and tells her that he is a man-boy and he believes in long-term romance. Then, after she asks him to leave, he leaves and says she wanted to know my name. I also like this episode because of Jewel State's guest appearance as the Siren. Up until last March, I had never heard of her, but after I became a fan of Firefly, I researched her other television appearances, and I was excited to learn that she guest starred on So Weird and in The X-Files, my top two favorite shows. Plus, she performs the song Questions, which is so beautiful. more dissenting opinions on that song there. Um, well, you know, uh, Andrea, thank you so much for being kind of a regular presence on the feedback. That's, I really appreciate that. And a good timing too, since that's the episode we talked about today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. This is feedback for our medium episode from Joshua on YouTube. He says, Hey guys, I've recently found your podcast and really enjoyed the discussion. I watched through the fee seasons again, thanks to your help with my 14 year old brother. He found Aww. it fascinating and wishes there was more. I nearly teared up when someone posted the studio MP3 of the songs. It was nice to have something high quality from the show. I can't wait to hear more from you guys. Oh, I love that he's introducing somebody else. It's so weird. That's so great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, everyone should do that, or try to at least. <laughs> well, if you've got younger siblings that are about the right age for the show, that would be a good thing to do. And you know, just another reference to, I mean, when the studio versions of the song were leaked onto the internet, that was the, my same reaction as well. It's like, oh man, finally good quality versions of these songs, though dubious their source may be. <laughs> 
And it seems like the song from this episode is one of the more popular ones, I think. People try and search that one out. Mm -hmm. I still don't know why. (laughs) What? (laughs) She has a beautiful voice. You have to say that, right? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) I also like how when she's singing on stage, there's like that glow that's super bright behind her. (laughs) That's a great visual. Yeah, she has the power of the glow. That's a that's a last dragon <laughs> reference there. And <laughs> all right, any others? Um, yeah. So there's two comments from a new forum member, uh, Darby. Darby. I don't know how to say it. I feel like um, I've seen that name before. Warm comment, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's a pirate and it's pronounced Darb me. (laughs) Maybe Tom. Um, She says, oh, maybe. The podcasts are amazing. I love learning all the new things, hearing your opinions, and hearing about the original season three. And so she commented after the Medium podcast. You all did a great job on the Medium podcast. I listened to the Angel, Rebecca, and Memory podcasts, which I enjoyed as well. I like the connections you made between Medium and Will of the Wisp about Fee trying to connect with her father. Medium was definitely the best season premiere of the show, and I remember the promos for it on Disney. It set the scene for this being a different kind of season and, of course, a different kind of show for Disney. I wish we could have heard Jack's colorful diatribe with the medium, but then I'm wondering if maybe the medium mistook Jack for Clue because he was out there skateboarding at the time and it sounds more in Clue's character to do something like that at the time. The ending, especially the rain with the guitar music, was very emotional. I didn't quite understand Molly's constant perfection seeking with She Sells in this episode and what connection it has to Rick. Was he haunting her? It seems like something maybe they underplayed a bit. Molly's instance to fee that he won't leave me alone do you think there's more to that also do you think irene had overheard rick saying they ain't paying to hear you talk so you better sing or was it just a coincidence really looking forward to the rest of your podcasts especially siren wow that's such an awesome comment yeah and that was one of the questions we had raised in the show about what what exactly is going on with molly and um you know rick's in that episode is perhaps a haunting or just memories. I mean, I feel that it's probably just the memories of being back in Hope Springs and back in the old house again, but I suppose there is that ambiguity in the episode. Yeah. Now that she brought it up and I'm thinking back, um, I think they also were memories, but it's kind of sad or odd that their memories were, they're kind of fighting in a way, Molly and Rick. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't seem that warm to her or happy well, i guess like that's more realistic because couples fight and like after somebody dies like you tend to it's all roses but that's not the way it was when they were alive so i think that's more like of a realistic memory that she has of recording with him maybe but i i like the point she made about she sells being kind of an odd choice for molly to be having struggling with you know, like emotionally, it seems like when she sells to me is not like like it's it's not one of the more emotional songs from the show. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they went with it because that's the song that they're like currently working on. 
getting it yeah. played and getting it a music video later. So yeah, and continue to yeah. work on all throughout season two. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean those those are all good points. I don't, yep. I don't know. And it's a mystery. <laughs> she commented on. I don't know. She had another comment. So she says, yes, I love Siren. Definitely a top five of season two for me. I loved hearing your your insights on Drive. The episode is pretty average for me, but still some good comic relief and character development. I like how you point out the good character transitioning this show does, mentioning Carrie coming on before Siren. As someone mentioned before, the show does such a good job taking care of its characters. Besides the humorous scenes, the best parts for me were the Ned-Molly bonding and Jack Clue saying their preemptive goodbyes. I'm curious why Molly is doing yet another studio recording of She Sells, this time with backup singers. Do you think the backup singers is what she thought was missing in Medium? She definitely seems more enthusiastic and confident in the song in this episode than in Medium. And then LOL at Fee turning in her 53-page alien research report to Ned. I love that bit. You guys mentioned the website and initial promos for the show, so I just wanted to share a few of the things I remember. The So Weird website at, at the actualsoweird.com did look pretty similar to Fee's site on the show. I remember it did also I remember it also have information and or links to paranormal things, at least in the beginning. I remember the initial promos were very cryptic and would be scenes of Molly and Fee talking from family reunion. Or from memory, they showed random scenes of the aliens and Fee running, but they were very out of the ordinary and cryptic and would say stuff like something so weird is coming to Disney. I don't even remember knowing the name of the show was so weird in their initial promotions of it. I do recall in the promo for Siren, they stated it was guest starring Flash Forward's Jewel State. Oh, man. As Flash Forward was running in Infinite Reruns at the time. I didn't... No, I don't know if most people knew that at the time because it's a total 180 from Becca Fisher. When Molly tells Evelyn she is me 20 years ago, I was confused by that. Then her singing Rebecca on the guitar. Do you think Molly has more connection to Carrie than it appeared? Thanks for listening to my diatribe and for keeping the memories alive. We should write Amazon also since they have a lot of stuff on instant video and most of the decoms are already on there. It would be so easy to simply give the episodes to Amazon for purchasing by episode or season. Let's keep pushing because I think the show is such a gem. As many people as possible should be able to see it, and I hope it can be exposed to a whole new fan base. Keep up the amazing work. Uh, now we wow. come to the portion of the show where we bug Disney about getting the show out. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, that was an awesome comment, and there's so much good stuff in there. I just want to say I'm sorry I've disappointed you with my comments on this episode. (laughs) And I hope you can share with us reasons why it's one of your top five favorites. Yeah, definitely. And and also, I never made that connection with Jewel State being on Flash Forward. I used to love that show. I never realized that. Well, you know, I remember Flash Forward, but I do not remember Jewel State on it. So, huh. I just want to say, you know, this comment brings me back to the point that like there's so many varying opinions on the show so even though we all may kind of agree on our thoughts on the episode trust me if you differ there are other people out there who are with you like that's one thing i've learned is that this show has something for everyone each episode it seems so 
Yeah, and also, <laughs> and also, uh, Darby, thank you so much for bringing up all that information about the old promos and the old Disney website, because that's the stuff that is really ephemeral and kind of gone now. Um, I mean, we do have some stuff that's been saved over the years, some promos in like really weak, ripped off of VHS quality, but a lot of that stuff is just kind of gone forever. So any memories of it is really appreciated. Yeah, and all the promos, like, even before So Weird started, it's really neat to hear. Because, yeah, I have no memories of that at all. Well, you know, I kind of do remember there being something of a build-up to the show's premiere. I don't remember them specifically, but that sounds right. Just these promos that said, you know, uh, Disney is so weird or, or so weird is coming to Disney or something like that. That does sound familiar. Oh, there's Everybody's a lot on that comment. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for uh, that feedback. I'm, uh, once again, I'm just really overwhelmed with the the amount and quality of the feedback we've gotten for this. Yeah, I love that we're still questioning this show and like going into all of these little details and everybody has their own theories about the significance of the tiniest moments of So Weird. It's so cool. And that's thanks to, you know, the writers and actually putting a lot of effort into this kids show. Well, yeah, and that's why we are still talking about it a decade later, well, two, almost two decades at this point, because, uh, you know, obviously it was a quality show with a lot of details in it. There's a lot of rocks to overturn and look under when it comes to So Weird. Mm -hmm. And these are just a few comments I got from our little chat box thing we have on the forum from... Camaraderie or Camarad something? <laughs> Let's just call him Rod. <laughs> Camaraderie. Camaraderie. <laughs> Camaraderie. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. They say, I definitely love the site. I've enjoyed listening to the So Weird podcast and being able to download all the episodes in good quality from here. I will definitely get around to posting on the forum sometime soon. And... You guys were definitely entertaining and made me want to watch the episodes again. I see that you just recently did one for Medium. I will have to listen to that sometime when I'm not too busy with college. Yay. That's what we like to hear, that our podcast makes people want to watch the show again. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then this other comment from the user, not Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> so glad this forum and the podcast exist. This was my absolute favorite show as a kid, and I'm really enjoying rewatching the episodes and hearing your commentary. Thanks for all the time and effort you guys put into this. Aw, thank you. We got to give props to Kathy because she does the editing, and she's awesome. So yeah. go, Kathy. Yeah, I mean, Kathy is the <laughs> progenitor behind this whole podcast. She started it, so. Especially not just the podcast, but the live streams, too. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. you could even say, Kathy, that you're kind of a key figure in the So Weird fandom, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's because I got inspired by the other fandoms that I was in. They were doing live streams. And I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure I could do live streams and find other people out there like me. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> All right, so anything else we want to say before we wrap up? Um, 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, <laughs> I mean, requests so weird to Netflix and all that. I guess and Amazon. And yeah, iTunes. Can you even do that? You should, but I don't think you can. So yeah, write your senator. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. All right. Well, in that case, uh, this has been the So Weird podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. I'm Kat. And we'll hear from you again real soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Be